0: Today, we're discussing the concept of remixing, which is the act of copying, transforming, and combining already-existing material into something new. This makes the question, however, is there such a thing as an original idea? With everything been done, and what does that mean for us as educators and for our students?
1: everybody uh my name is mike gerber i am a second year teaching fellows uh fellowship member, which means that i am pursuing my graduate degree at adelphi in uh secondary science ed and i currently am a full-time teacher at hero high school in the bronx where i teach ninth and tenth grade physics and i also do
2: an after-school coding program my name is uh ramallah kralta i'm an eighth grade science teacher and living environment teacher also in uh Charter School in Staten Island. Uh, yeah. Currently, I am studying in the STEAM education program in Five. This mm-hmm. is my last semester.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Tanzina. I'm also a second year teaching fellow, and I'm currently in the Masters of Education program. I'm also teaching art science full time at Newcomers High
0: School at Long Island City. Hi, my name is Sabrina Greenberg. I'm a first semester student at Adelphine. I'm in the Masters of Art Education program. So are there any original ideas or has everything been done? Is everything a remix? From music to movies, art and beyond, almost everything can be traced back to the original source material that inspired the final product. My favorite example we learned about this week is that Britney Spears is toxic. I actually sampled a Bollywood musical from the 80s, and Bollywood was, and is, to this day, still the last thing I get from toxic. When I first heard the word remix, I thought we were going to be learning about DJing, but remixing goes far beyond that. As an art educator, I wrestle with this idea that nothing is new. In the art world, there's so much pressure to create something original. But as Canadian filmmaker and writer Kirby Ferguson puts, when we create, we build on old ideas. There's only one way of creating, which is copying.
1: One of the art forms that I engage with the most is definitely going to the movies. I love it. I see at least two movies a week and I just, I just eat it up. Um, If you ask Mm -hmm. most people nowadays, they'll tell you about, you know, the state of movies. They'll probably tell you something like, There is nothing original in the theaters right now. Everything is a remake or a sequel and everything has been done before. And there is a, you know, there is a validity to this argument, I think. Um, But in the video, Ferguson brings up a great example, which happens to be one of my favorite movies, um, which is 2018's Into the Spider-Verse. And this movie was an incredible movie, not just as a superhero movie, but as an animated movie in general. Um, And one of the things on the surface of the movie that might that it might appear to be is a massive remix and in a way it is this this draws from decades of comic book histories it also is inspired by the spider-man films that came before it as well as hip-hop music graffiti culture and so you know you may argue that this is not an original idea but ferguson actually argues the opposite um he says that you can't really point to anything in the movie that is original and yet as a whole it is original um, what makes into the Spider Verse unique and fresh and innovative is its combination of influences. Uh, the film isn't an isolated creation of a single genius; rather, it's the opera- it's the product of many, many artists who have drawn from a deep lineage of the Spider Man stories before them. And I have to say, I agree with this completely. I think that you know, on the surface, this movie isn't necessarily original. It's one; it's probably the 80th Spider you know Spider Man film ever made, but. <laughs> It does draw on things in unique ways and kind of combine things in a way that ends up making it original.
3: Remixing is a tool which can be used effectively or ineffectively. According to Kirby Ferguson, we don't really like the same thing over and over. However, we like familiarity. We want things to be new, but with the same underlying idea. A good remix will have the same familiar concept with the new twist. Just like a Spider Verse movie. I'm also a big Marvel fan. However, I would say when the viewers have enough of the same concept over and over without a new angle, twist, or a fresh perspective, we get bored. The Marvel Infinity Saga, which used to be extremely popular, is now losing its spark. I'm personally sick and tired of the multiverse concept being repeated throughout the last few Marvel movies and lost interest.
0: Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'm really hoping that Deadpool and Wolverine can bring that much-needed twist, like you said, uh, when it comes out. So this is great and all, but it leaves us begging the question, what does Remix have to do with teaching and how does Remixing fit into the classroom? Hey, uh, as a teacher, depending on
2: the school, it's most likely that you already have a design curriculum and probably in the first year teaching you will follow the, givens, the given sequence. Uh, as you feel more comfortable with your content, you'll start creating your own twist and adaptation. In my experience, I have been using Amplify Science to teach eighth grade science. Uh, according to my students, I'll use different types of curriculums. Uh, in one case, uh, for students that are a little bit more independent, I'll use The curriculum that they did and they developed during COVID. Uh, And for more scaffolding steps for students that need or thorough uh, instructions, I'll use another remix that we can do. So teachers, I would say, are masters in remix.
0: (laughs) Teachers are also like DJ remixer masters, huh? Yeah, That's actually really cool. I didn't even think about how remixing could apply to teachers like that. Uh, Like I said, this is only my first semester, so I haven't had the opportunity to work in the classroom yet. So I didn't even consider how you have to take the curriculum, your score gives you or purchases um, and adapt to remixing it to fit your class.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with this. You know, I'm very early in my career. I've only been teaching for about a year and a half. But I can say that, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I got from many teachers who have been doing it a lot longer than I have, particularly in my first year, uh, was, the you know, a phrase that we've all heard, uh, don't reinvent the wheel. And the first time I heard this as a teacher, I was like, well, wait a minute. Why? You know, I, I can just I can just take stuff and that that's OK. Um, and many teachers have shown me that, you know, it is OK to use somebody else's resources, of course, as long as you are adapting it to your own students. Um, and this reminds me of one of the very popular teacher resources, which is called Teachers Pay Teachers or TPT.com. Uh, if you're not familiar with this website, basically what it does is it's just an online space where teachers can post, um, either worksheets or PowerPoint presentations or project ideas, really any kind of, uh, teaching materials they want and they can charge people for it. So they have the option to do it as free, but they also have the option to charge people for their work. And so as a user, as a teacher, you can download and pay for other teachers work. So this is a whole system that runs on not reinventing the wheel. Right. And so teachers are taking what they have and adapting it for students. And I've even seen, you know, in looking for my own resources on things, if I search, for example, kinetic and potential energy worksheets as a physics teacher, I might see four of a very, very similar looking worksheet pop up on this website. And what that tells me is somebody has gone on this website, purchased a a resource and then remixed it themselves and have then reposted it. And so this whole website is an idea of remixing. And this reminds me of the quote from the video from Yoji Yamamoto, which is saying, Start copying what you love. Copy, copy, copy. At the end of the copy, you will find yourself. And, you know, as somebody who was very early on in my career as a teacher, I'm sort of the more copying I do and the more adjustments I make for my own classes, the more I kind of find my own, you know, vision and um, my voice as a teacher.
3: I'm also a new teacher. As a new second year teacher of a Visions course, I feel pretty limited in terms of how much originality I can use in my own classroom. We don't have much room for authenticity because we are dedicated to teach to standards and curriculum meet the desired performance targets. Follow starting pacing calendar and prepare students for standardized exams like the regions. The region scores of our students at the end of the year are accounted for when it comes to the tenure process.
2: Standards, I know it's uh, really difficult to be a teacher and have all these standards that we have to Following teach, um, but this craft of remixing not only demands us understanding the standards, but also how to use uh, commercial material in the remix. So, according to Noble and uh, Lance here, 2008, page 38, from an educational standpoint, the, re- the recent development of a Creative Commons CC Learn license. Is groundbreaking. It focuses on addressing legal, technical, and cultural barriers to remixing education materials and contributes directly to opening spaces with classrooms for more sustained attention to an engagement with remix practices. This allows this website, which is allowing us to do is see what material we can use without having any legal problems because schools do acquire a specific curriculum and we do have to understand about the copyright that they
4: implement.
0: Yeah, I totally empathize with that struggle, especially, you know, feeling really limited in how much of your own you totally mix into your curriculum. Um, uh, since finishing this week's readings, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out ideas on uh, how to teach about remakes in the classroom because I found it really interesting. Um, I think as an art teacher, I can show my students that even some of the most well-accomplished and famous artists learn by copying. Uh, even the famous Vincent Van Gogh up to copying me. actually have a letter he wrote to his brother in 1888 saying, all my work is based to some extent on Japanese art. Like He admits it right there. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know this, but now looking at his art and examples of classic Japanese pieces um, that he drew inspiration from, I totally see it. Even further though, Van Gogh literally copied other works. Uh, in an article titled, Vincent Van Gogh copying other artists, art historian Anastasia Mayulaki explains how Van Gogh's rendition of Eugene Delacroix's Good Samaritan was likely copied from a print due to the fact that Van Gogh's version is a mirrored reflection of the original. However, if you look at the two side by side, you could still easily pick out Van Gogh's painting. Uh, despite copying another work, the style still comes through. Van Gogh's version of The Good Samaritan is still completely his own.
1: That is really fascinating, Sabrina. I would never have thought that such a famous artist like Van Gogh would would have so many influences and own up to copying um, in the way that he did. It also makes you think that it would be a good tool for students to become less intimidated by art. If they realize that such a well-established and famous artist, you know, did have, have all these influences, then they might not feel so bad about, you know, using influences of their own to develop their own artistic style. It's a great way to
0: do that, too develop your own aesthetic. I believe truly, eventually, students naturally take the ideas that work for them from the pieces they copy and come up with their own remix or their own style.
1: I have found that remixes have allowed for a a wide range of students to access and interpret course material in a way that allows them to connect to their prior knowledge to build a product. Um, so going back to the Noble and Langshire reading titled uh, Remix, the Art and Craft of Endless Hybridization, uh, they bring up a remix project as an example um, for, uh, you know, students with different literacy levels um, and talks about how there a project in a school in Los Angeles combined mixing images, sound, and text in like a remix format. I believe this was a video. Yeah, a video remix and how students really, really engage with this concept. And for students that had a wide range of ability in terms of their literacy and their writing, they were still able to really feel like an ownership of this. Um, It mentions that inspired by their own video remixes, students bumped up against the fact that they had to explain this and really needed to write something. Often they would rewrite a paragraph until they got it right. And this was because of that emotional connection they had to it because they felt more ownership of it because of the remix format. So in my own practice, I, uh, like I mentioned, I do a coding after school program with students at my school. I have been using uh, the coding program called Scratch to do this. If you're not familiar, Scratch is a really good language for, you know, beginner coders because it's block-based coding. And so what that means is you're, you know, doing, you're picking and choosing different blocks of code rather than writing it uh, itself. And so I was working on Scratch for a few weeks and kind of bumping up against the fact that my students really didn't know what most of these blocks meant. And it, instead of just teaching them one by one what all of these things meant, I actually allowed them to go into the library of projects that already exist. So one of the great things about Scratch is you can access the open library of things that people have made. And even better, you can actually go into their code and see how they made the game. And so one of the first things I had students do rather than learning from the ground up these skills is to actually go onto a project they like, a game that they played and had fun with, and then actually jump into how it's done and look at the code that was behind it. And the other format that, it allow, that this allows you to do is to remix. So you can actually copy the file and make your own. And so students were playing around with the different sprites and changing characters and changing you know, how the game worked based on the product that was already there. So this was really effective because it allowed students that even had very little scratch experience to actually play around with some really complicated coding and some complicated projects. And it also allowed students to see the possibility of what is out there, which can encourage them to continue developing their scratch tools. Um, So in this way, we see remixing as a very useful tool because it allows students to connect their own knowledge and their own information with these various sources, be be it audio, be it pictures, video, et cetera.
3: I think if used properly, remixing can definitely have a place in the human beyond. It can certainly be an incredible resource for creative expression, problem solving, and learning by failure using the experiences of the past, whether it be from learning about great minds, current examples, or relevant personal experiences. Yeah, I mean,
0: overall, this whole, uh, the readings from this week uh, really just blew me away. Cause again, I went and was thinking you were going to be learning about DJs, but it, remixing clearly goes way beyond just DJs. It's in our art, our movies, our classrooms and beyond. And even as an art educator, I see no problem with copying and I truly believe it's a crucial part of the creative process.
2: While well, it may be tricky to bring remixing ideas into classrooms effectively. Doing so can be really satisfying and valuable for both students and teachers. I believe that investing time and effort in using remixing in a thoughtful way can be a great educational benefit for everyone involved. And so we want to hear from you. You know, we talked about a lot in this,
1: in this podcast episode, and we have a couple of questions for you. So let us know in this week's VoiceThread what you think about what we talked about. First, how would you use uh, remixing in your classrooms? Have you used remixing in your classrooms? Has it gone well? Has it gone poorly? Um, and then, you know, just for fun, what is your favorite song that is a popular remix or sample of another song? There are plenty out there and you might be surprised. One of your favorite songs might actually be a, a remix or a sample of something that that you it never probably knew. is. probably is. Yeah. And so to take us out here, we're going to play again the song you've been hearing throughout the episode, which is one of our favorite sampled and remixed songs. Uh, it started out as Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club in 1981 and was sampled by Mariah Carey in her hit Fantasy in the year 95. Uh, And recently, in 2021, the song was again remixed and sampled by the rapper Lotto in the song Big Energy. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed